It's good to see everybody this morning. Amen? Amen. I've had a so-so week running around Kentucky to, to Muncie and all around working. And, uh, but it's a, been a good week. been a good week. Hmm. Good-looking crowd. Good-looking crowd. Are you ready for a day? Good. I, I, you know, um, I'll talk a little bit about my mom when we get started here. But this title was, uh, it, it, I, I didn't, Vicki said, you know there's a song about that. And I said, yeah, there is. And it was a Chris Tomlin song. And so I asked Brooke to put that up there. And she did, uh, to sing that song. And she did. So, But I wrote this uh, sermon before I even thought about the song. So, Who You Were Meant to Be. And, and, uh, and it's just, uh, oh boy, the younger guys, younger women, uh, you got a long way to go, and, and you, you think you got your life all figured out, and somewhere along the line, you think, well, my life <laughs> didn't turn out nothing like I thought. It, it, things seem to change, and, and, uh, um, and the more we closer we get to God, the closer we get to, to God's Word and truth, uh, the, more, the more I see clarity, I guess is the word I'm looking for, of what life is really all about. It's, to me, it's, it's really all about loving and helping others see who Jesus is and heading home. And uh, it started with my mom. My mom, it, I was born in 1955, August 10th, 1955. And uh, my, uh, I have a, three sisters and a brother. I have one sister 11 years older than me, a brother 9 years older than me, and another sister 5 years older than me. And I have a twin sister. Uh, but in 1955, 52, I think, it, my mom had a partial hysterectomy and one ovary. And she was told that she wouldn't uh, most likely never be able to have any more children. And at the age of 32, she made some history because she ended up getting pregnant with twins. So, you know, the world, they, and, and I don't know why they did a partial hysterectomy back in because they, they did the whole hysterectomy after we were born. They said, that's enough. Uh, and so I don't know why that happened. I don't know why they did that back in the 50s, but they did. And uh, she wasn't supposed to have, a, have me or my sister, my twin sister, but, uh, but she did. And so we, we were meant to be. You know, the world, the doctors would say, well, no, you're done. You know, enjoy the three children you have because you're not going to have any more. And not only did she have twins, she, we were all born on the same, me and my other uh, sister, five years old, and we were all born on the same day, uh, which was uh, pretty remarkable if you think about it. So... Uh, and my other sister was born seven days before me, so I think my mom and dad spent a lot of money every year. On, we didn't have birthday parties like they have. I, I, I don't quite understand the birthday parties. I don't got nothing against it. We, we had a birthday party, you know, when you, when you turn 10, and then when you turn 40. <laughs> you know, that's about it. Uh, but I guess it was just too expensive. I don't know. But uh, I had a wonderful life. My mom was tough. My dad tougher. Uh, my mom loved us, but she had a hard time, she had a hard time saying that. So I kind of grew up with that, knowing that they loved me, but my mom had a hard time saying that. Um, we knew it. Now, my dad was different. He, was, he, was, he had, a, he had a, a real loving personality to give you the shirt off his back. My mom, a little harsher. But I loved her. She's my mom. She lived to be 90, and we watched her go through a lot of, uh, a lot of sickness throughout her life. She should have never made it to 90, but the Lord said that you're going to make it to 90, and your kids are going to be around there to see you. And so she did, and... Uh, what a blessing. Amen? And a lot of you know the story about my mom. She had Alzheimer's for the last several years of her life. And, and I'll tell you, and a lot of you have heard this, but when I used to go down to the, the nursing home we had her in, had to have her in a secure area, um, I'd walk in there and she wouldn't know who I was. And, and I'd read her something out of the Bible. And I asked her at one time, who is Jesus' mom? She looked at me and gave me the funniest look and says, don't you know? 
that's, that's one of those things you never forget. So I had a, a wonderful life. Now some of us are raised with, and we, we sit back and we question, why did I get the mom I've got? Or, uh, you know, why did my mom do this? Why did my mom do that? And, and uh, you know, I don't know all those answers. But I do know we have a loving father that, that gave you this mother. Now whether the mother is not exactly what you wanted to have or didn't want to have, you still, God chose you for that mom. She, he, he specifically put you there. And sometimes I think the children need to help the mother sometimes in our days. If we can grow up and understand and we, and we take this choice to follow God, we can always go back and help our moms. Because there's some mothers that just don't get their kids that are following Christ. And so maybe it's your job to go back and help your mother see the right direction. And don't, don't blame her, just love her. So some of us were so blessed with some wonderful moms, but in today's society, the things I see with the drugs and, the, and all, the, all the things I, I watch and, and been part of in some of these ladies' lives, it's just amazing how many children don't live with their parents anymore. And all I can tell you is, is if you've chose Christ and you chose to forgive and you chose to love and not to be embark on something that you have no place and no area of going. Does that make sense? We're going to talk about Hannah for a few minutes, and I'm not going to keep you real long today. Uh, I always love Hannah. I, I love the story of Samuel and, and Hannah and, and, and her devotion and uh, the devotion she had. And, and Samuel, uh, Hannah was not supposed to have children, kind of like my mom. I was supposed to have, this would have been her first trial, but she wasn't supposed to have children. She couldn't have them. And, and, and the other wife of her husband, uh, had all kinds of kids and, and would mock her and it was a lot of persecution going on because she couldn't have children. But she always rose above that. She, she was devoted to her children. And I think if I'm talking talk about moms, I, would, now I, I don't understand moms at all. Get me, let me get that figured out. I, I, have, I can't understand Vicky sometimes at all. Because I just want to go up and just wring some necks. And sometimes she'll give me the go-ahead and most of the time it's no. You know, but I, I, it's, it, you women, you just, what's the right, I got to watch myself here, Bill. Careful, Paul. You have a way of loving different than a man can ever imagine. You, you just do. You have a way of, of nurturing and loving. It's built in you. I mean, God put that in you. And, and us guys look back and we go, Yuck not touching. And the mom will just grab a hold and act like there's nothing nasty or messy about that baby. And I'm just like, no way. Give me the fire hose, you know? <laughs> and that's the truth, that's big. <laughs> and, and it was, you know, it's like, all that stuff that comes out of their mouth, it's like, ah, oh, man. Duh, here. <laughs> And you got you mom, you like you. It's like just go ahead. Here's another. I got another one over here. It's this one's clean. You can spit on this one next time. It's okay. See, those guys. At least, at least I'm not made. John, I know Blackwell ain't made like that. He don't even like kids. It just you know. You men agree with me or not? We're not made like that, are we? 
We're made different, and, 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 and God made us in a different way for, a good, for another reason. But, but you mothers are just so, you're passionate, you, 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 you're, you, your attributes are just all over the place, just wonderful attributes about all mothers. And the ones that follow Christ, the ones that are devoted to Christ, you are devoted to your husbands, you're devoted to your homes, you're devoted to your children, and you make our lives wonderful. Thank you, moms. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you for your message, and, and Lord, we just ask you to bless this time, Lord. And uh, Lord, as, as, as everybody leaves here today and, and, and goes and celebrates with their mothers that are, are still here on the earth, Father, we ask for protection as they travel, going to and from, and, and Father, they would just, uh, just take this day and not rush through it, but just slow down and embrace their mothers. And Lord, if, if like my mom is already home with you, and, and Lord, uh, I just thank you for the memories that are in my heart, in my mind that you bring back to me, and for the pictures that I can go back and say, I remember what I was doing that day with my mom. Lord, I thank you for my mom, and I thank you for all the mothers that are gathered here today. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, my glasses out here. We're going to start in uh, Jeremiah. You were meant to be. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. I think I, how many years do you count there? Before, before I formed you, this is God talking to Jeremiah. Now he's talking to Jeremiah. He's, he's, he's got a, a particular uh, a focus on Jeremiah. Jeremiah is going to be a prophet to the Israel and to, to the other nations. But God's got a particular plan for all of us. He tells us that. So it says, before I, I formed you, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Now look at that part. That I knew you part kind of stumped me a little bit. Uh, because it's like, okay, if God knew me before he put me in my mother's womb, then he actually knew me. Now I want to understand what that means. He knew me. It means he, he actually knew who I was before I've ever become a human being I was spirit, I was some kind of, I don't know how to explain it all, but I was a spirit, a soul that he knew. That he knew. And he knew me, and he says, I'm going to put you right here in your mother's room. And I don't remember any of that, do you? You know, I'll be anxious when I, when I get back, when I get to, we'll get back to heaven, because that's where I'm going, I'm going back to heaven. When I get back to heaven is to say, what does that mean? That I knew you. He, he formed me, he created me, and then he's going to put me right where he wants me to be. Now, in, in my life, and, and I'm born in the, in the United States of America, that is, a, that is one of the best blessings anybody could ever have. It's the greatest nation on the earth. Whether what people don't like it or not, that's their problem. It is the greatest nation on the earth. People want to come here from everywhere. We have the greatest mothers on the earth. And it starts right here in the church, doesn't it? Right with Christ. This, this country was founded on Christ. It was, it, was, it was raised up on Christ. This is before I formed you. I knew you in the womb. I knew you. I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. 
Before you became a, 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 the first breath you took, God had already sanctified Jeremiah. And he's already sanctified us. He's given to be a chosen, a, a chosen job for me to do. I know when I was in my, in my 20s and my 30s and, and trying to make a living and going crazy with that kind of thing. And, and then when sometime in my early 40s, I start to go back over to where I came from, my roots, where I was raised. God had a, had a specific plan for me and for you. Before I was ever born, he had that plan. See, God knows. And we, we have free will and we have choices, but God already knows. He knew I was going to be right here this day. He knew what I'm going to say before I say it. He knows these things. See, we serve a powerful God, don't we? And the more you can understand how, how powerful he is and who he is, the more you fall in love with him. And the more you recognize that he really does have my life. If he knew me before he even put me in my mom's womb, he really does have the best interest for me. As I became human, I became, I have this free will and free choice thing that I've got to deal with. He sanctified you. He says, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Called him out to have a pacific job. Now, you mothers, you've got children. Those children, I'm going to tell you, you were called out to raise those children for God. You were called out to be devoted to your children, to your family. And I was talking with uh, Michelle earlier today, and, and one of the things we've noticed is that uh, a lot of families are so oriented towards their kids today. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but remember that your husband, it's you and your husband. And you two together make this family. And one day those children will grow up and they're going to be gone. And it's your husband you're with. So you must be devoted to your husband. No matter what the, the things are going on. Devoted to your husband. That's kind of like a, nobody wants to be devoted to somebody, anybody anymore. We, we've left that behind somewhere in this crazy world. But I want to be devoted to my wife. And she needs to be devoted to me. Not, not every time something comes up that we're going to get a divorce or we're going to go run off to the next motel and, and say, all night, I'm not going to handle her. I mean devoted to her. Love her. And wives, you need to be devoted to your husband. Now, I know you don't understand this. We have a rough time understanding us ourselves. But you've got to be devoted to us. You've got to love us. Because you've got to raise this family together. That's how God ordained it. That's how he set it up. And who are we to question that? So the first thing is be devoted to your husband. Let me go next in Psalms 22, it says here, but you, are, but you are he who took me out of the womb. And this is David. He's having a rough time. He's either running from Saul or running from Absalom. We're not sure which, but he's, 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 he's really having some rough times, and he just cries out to God. In this particular psalm, they didn't really sing it very much. And when they did sing it, it was, it was something, it was like a holy of holy psalms. It was sang very, very rarely. But it was, it, was, it, was like, it was like an awe thing when they would sing it. And these few verses kind of grabbed me this week. It says, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me trust while on my mother's breast. I was cast upon you from birth, from my mother's womb. You have been my God. Be not far from me. Now, I know that's David writing that, but that's for all of us. And, and, and mothers, if you can just understand that, that, that your child, 
was cast upon you. That you could be devoted to your husband and to your child and to your God and to your home. And when these things come up in your lives, like here at David, it was just so many turmoils in his life that you can trust God with that because your devotion is correct. Amen? A mother is devoted to God and his truth. In 1 Samuel 10 and 11, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul. Now, what's going on here? And is there, she's heading back for a celebration uh, in Shiloh, and, and it's uh, heading to the temple. And uh, her, she's not able to have a child. They go every year. Her husband's a good, godly man. He takes all the families with him, including his other wife and all the kids, and she's just in bitterness. She's just in bitterness because she's not able to have a child. And so we see this devotion here that, to, to her God. That She doesn't complain about it, and, and I'll tell you something. She doesn't go off to some fertility doctor. Is that what the right word is? Fertility doctor. And start trying to, make, try, try and do what God's trying to prevent. God will give you the children when he's ready to give you the children. Do you guys believe that? Right. We have, we have little Alex here. He's got a wonderful mom and dad, and they're not able to have children yet. I bet maybe someday God will let her have children. But right now, they've got a beautiful boy, amen? And he's mommy. You heard him up here speaking. She's beautiful. I had to pry that out of him, but, you know. God blesses you in, in different ways. Sometimes it's not the way we think, but he blesses us. Now, I know, I know I've heard of you, the what children and and Sean and Jessica back there, where, where are they, Sean, there you are. I know how bad you wanted children. He gave you one, didn't he? What a beautiful boy Dylan is. A little smart for his britches, but you know. He comes back in my office and he just pops up around the chairs and says, what's going on today? That's, that's Dylan, and I'll just sit there and I'll shake his hand and he'll just sit there and he just wants to carry on a conversation like he's, you know, 30, 40 years old. He is something else, that boy. You're going to have a good eye on that one. He's a cool kid, you know. He really is. You're so blessed. You're so blessed. And this, this is what she wanted, you know. She wanted a child so desperately. And she was going to be devoted to, her, to God no matter what took place. But she is going to give out her heart to God. And I tell you, this is, what, this is what we need to do all the time. Not just about you. We need to give out our, house, our hearts to God and surrender these things. And she was bitterness of soul. I mean, she was in, in terrible pain and agony. And prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Now, I don't, I don't know how weeping and anguish might be. I, 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 I believe she's down on her knees, and, and I know Eli is in there, and he's the high priest, and, and she's on her knees. She's praying at the temple. She's praying at the church, at the altar. I mean, she has given all she's got. Now, you know she's been praying about this for a long time. It just didn't start today, but she says, I'm going to go to, to the celebration, and, and I'm going to be at the temple. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray. I'm going to lay it all out to you, God. You know my heart's desire. Wow, what a mother, amen? Wow. And I know some of you have done that. And God has blessed you. And this Lord and weep and wept in anguish. In verse 11 it says, Then she made a vow and said, 
O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Now, she was specific, wasn't she? I mean, she didn't just want a child. I mean, she was specific with God. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. And that's that Nazarite I talked about earlier. One of three lifetime Nazarites. I believe that. If we could take a, a lesson from this and then and, and turn it to other things besides the child, but to, to the things that we really want so much in our, in our lives. And if, if God lays this on you, because God has laid this on her, and we could get here where she was at. Wow. <laughs> you know, in our society, we want everything right now, not tomorrow, but everything right now. We, we don't want to wait for anything. We just want it right now. But I believe God wants us to, if we can look at this scripture, and just, God wants us to cry out to him for the things that mean so much in our lives. If you're having trouble with your children, now some of you got these little wonderful kids up here, you need to be praying for them just like this. You need to be praying in bitterness for the things that are going on in their lives at school and around them. I hear the stories of, of kids coming back, and I heard one, I think, from... Uh, Jacqueline this week or something, I read it, and, and it, just things you read, the kids go through at these little ages, and they don't know what it means. They're, they're, they live out in this world, and, the, and they're trying, to, trying to, to filter what mom and dad is teaching them about the church and about God and about Christ, and then they get out in the world, and, and ha, 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 this is funny. Let's do it this way. And, and, and they don't, they're, they're living in these two different worlds, knowing that their mom and dad wants them to do one thing and the world is pulling them, trying to get them to do something else. See, you mothers and fathers, you, you really need to be praying hard for your children today. I mean, that should be a daily prayer. And, and for grandparents, for your grandkids, then they're going to grow up even in harder times if God doesn't intervene in harder times than the children today. Then she made a vow and said, and then this vow is an important vow. I mean, it's a vow that's a commitment. It's a contract, a, a contract to God. And this is what we don't seem to get when we make these commitments to God, that, that God really expects us to keep the commitments that we made. And so she made this vow. And, and, and you can see her devotion to God and her devotion to family, everything through the vow she makes because she will hold to this vow. She's not going to say, well, God... Uh, uh, this kid's really cute. Maybe I, I know what I said to you a few years back, Lord, but I really don't think I want to give him up to you right now. She made the commitment to God, and she kept the commitment to God. O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. How many days of his life? All the days of his life. That means from, from the day that she started, that the day that she got that baby, that baby came out of the womb and she was breastfeeding, and she starts, I know Brooke does it, I know Jacqueline does it, and he starts singing those songs to your babies. And it could be all kinds of songs, but I know you're singing these wonderful songs to your babies. 
That means they're hearing this melody and these words, and they're going to hear them from, from that young age all the way up. What a wonderful job that mothers are doing that, that are devoted to their husbands, devoted to God. A mother devoted to her husband and his love. Talked about that. The next, somebody pronounce the name for me. I'll butcher it. Huh? Elkanah. Okay. Not then, Elkanah, right? <laughs> Elkanah, her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Now, he's, 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 you see the husband is very devoted to, to Hannah because Hannah is very devoted to him. I mean, they, they are just devoted to each other. And, and she, he treats her far beyond other women, his other wife or anyone else. And he worries for her because she's crying and weeping. And, and see, those are things that men have really struggled with because we don't understand the emotions of women sometimes. But here we can see that he was really worried about his wife. And husbands, I can tell you, you need to be more concerned with your wife. When you see things going on with your wife, you need to be concerned with it. And talk to them. Communicate. Why do you not eat? I mean, she's crying and she's not eating. There's obviously something wrong, and he, he, he's sincere about it. And why is your heart grieved? It's because she wanted something that she was unable to have. And this husband couldn't fulfill it. But God could. Amen? And she knew who to go to. She knew who to go to. A mother devoted to her child and his purpose, or her purpose. That's what we're looking at. It's hard, you know, if, 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 if a wife, a mother was up here, she'd just go, she'd have a hundred different stories. Well, I'm not a mom, so I don't have all these stories. But, but I've watched Vicki with all her kids and, and some of these grandkids, and I tell you, she's a lot more uh, in tune with them than I am. Is that, is that fair to say, guys? She's in tune with them, and she like, can, they can be looking at one way or the other way, and she like knows exactly what they're going to say and what they're going to say. I'm going to, he's going to say this, he's going to say that. I said, what? How do, you, how do you get so in tune with these children and, and what they're thinking and what they're going to do? But they are, because their devotion to them is just unbelievable. You know, I often tell children when they get in trouble, I always let them look at their mom, and I say, no one will ever love you, and they'll be sitting back at my desk out back there. I say, no one will ever love you as much as your mother. No one. I mean, your dad will love you, but not like that mother. She came from you, or you came from her. The kids will always look at their mom, and they'll, they'll see that. I remember my dad telling me that years and years ago, and I never forgot it. And I've used it over and over and over again. But Hannah did not go up. And this is, they're going back, and the, it's a, it's the, this child is starting to come of age, and we don't know the exact age uh, when, when she would take him back, but she's not ready to go yet. But Hannah did not go up, for, the, for she said to her husband, not until the child is winged, then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. So she was definitely devoted. She was going to follow through with her vow. So Echanah, her husband, said to her, do what seems best to you, Wait until you have winged him. Only let the Lord establish his word. 
The husband was going to back her, but she had to do what she said she was going to do. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until she winged him. A mother devoted to all three is a mother whose self-sacrifice is a powerful force, is a powerful force in her life. One of the things I recognized about my mom from years, er, years was she was very self-sacrificing. She would give up things that I and, and the rest of the family could have it. Uh, a, a mother, I don't know why you give up your stuff the way the things you do. You give up your time. You give up your insanity. You give up a lot of things that, that your children, so they can have some things that, that would be impossible. A mother is devoted to all three. If you're devoted to all these three things, you will have self-sacrifice. Now, what I see from, some, from, from a lot of different things that we deal with in the church here and, and, and from drug abuse and things like that is mothers, I can see the, a mother come through here and lost her children. And, and some of the children being adopted here, we got a little Anna over here and Alex over here, the brothers and sisters, and they're being adopted from two different families because the mother wouldn't give up on drugs. Because the mother wasn't devoted to God. She wasn't, didn't even have a husband. She wasn't going to be self-sacrificing for her children. But God still had a plan for those children, didn't he? And we've got Alex and Annie in this church, brother and sister, may not be in the same family, but they're still in the same family of God here in the church, aren't they? What, a, what an amazing thing. So she'll be self-sacrificed. It's, it's a powerful force in her family. I can't think of a, a family that can be held together any, any closer than a mother when she's self-sacrificing and she's devoted to God. That, that, that just puts the big clamp on that family. It holds it together. If that mother is loose-minded in any way or, or her walk with God or her vows to God or whatever it is, or vows to her husband, whatever it is, if it's not really committed to what she said, then that whole family is going to suffer from that. Mothers, it's important that you learn the word of God, that you learn the truth about God, that you learn his promises, and that you hold to that, that you teach it to your children, that they grow up knowing their mother can always be counted on, because that, that mother is devoted to raising that child up. And at some age, whether it's 18 or 20 or 25 or 40 or whatever it is these days, that mother's willing to let that child go. In 1 Samuel 26 and 28, we read this. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here. She's talking to Eli, the high priest, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. This is a very, this is what she's going through. She prayed for this child. We saw what she did, what she went through. And at some area, around the age, I don't know, three to five maybe, she's going to take this child to the, to, the, to the temple and she's going to give it to Eli, which Eli's not the best guy in the world. His sons are definitely not good at all. And if you go read about Samuel, you'll read about him. They're, that is not the best place to leave your kids. But yet her focus was not on the men, was it? Her focus was upon God. And she realized that if God gave her that child, that God's going to take care of that child. Amen? Amen? Listen, mamas. If you're praying to God, and you're focused on God, and you're devoted to these things, 
then trust God with your children. No matter what it looks like, trust him. Uh, we talked about a lot about trust last week. Sometimes trust isn't exactly what, we, what it looks like to us. It looks something different. You have to trust God with your kids. If you've done everything that you know to do according to the word of God, then trust God. Trust him. Now, I know, moms, that's hard to do because it's hard for dads too, but trust him. Amen? I mean, if, 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 if the Christian church would understand to trust God, our lives would be so much smoother, so much less chaotic. Because you would realize, step back, if God knew me before he even planted me in my mother's womb, then God knows what's going to take place in my life. He knows what's going to take place in my children's life, and I can trust him with it. I want to intervene a story that I've, I've talked about in the past, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to throw it in here real quick. It's, it's about... Not getting in God's way with your, with your children or your family. To trust God. And, 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 and I got, I, I've told this story before, and I'll tell it one more time. I got in trouble on Facebook a while back uh, because some lady was going to get a, a one a child and done through all the fertility things and, and went all through that, and then she put a, uh, some kind of fake God tattoo permanently on her ankle. And I, so I had to chime in because she had bought a church here a time or two. This is years ago. I had to chime in on about that. Boy, did I catch it. Ow, we. Listen, you put a false god on your ankle forever to pray to some false god for children. And then you want God to bless this? You want God to take care of these things? Listen, you've got to trust God. If you don't have a child, you keep trusting God. You stay away from all that junk. It's pagan stuff. And by the way, that family's divorced now and dissolved. Maybe God knew what he was doing. Amen. Maybe we didn't need more children being raised that way. He said, oh, my Lord. Feel the anguish. I mean, get into the emotion of who she was. You say, well, I don't like emotions. Listen, Mom, your moms go through emotions, don't you? You do? It's part of life, isn't it? I know your mamas go through it because I see it. Now, this, this lady, she's going to give up this child. She's going to trust God, even though she's heard the stories about Eli and his sons. She's going to trust God because that's her vow. That's her commitment. Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I, I am the woman who stood here by you, praying for the Lord. For this child I prayed, and this Lord was granted me by petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord. That means I'm giving you this child. I'm leaving him here. I'm going to come back and visit him every year. But I, I, I'm not going to get on the. I'm not going to get on my cell phone and get the Facebook thing out. Not the Facebook. The uh, what do they call it when you watch each other on TV. FaceTime. And that amazing thing, Bill. FaceTime. Come on now. That's George Jetson stuff or whatever. <laughs> I just. I, I look at. It, I said, what? It don't matter where I'm at. I can see him. Now that's just amazing, isn't it? We're living in the wrong world, Bill. Goble, I know you. That's, man, that stuff, how does that happen? Why? Well, yeah, it's just amazing to me. But isn't it great? Isn't it great? I love that stuff. I can get my grandkids on the, I don't care about Brad and Ryan or, or Ray too much, but I can get the grandkids on there and see what they're doing. We can show me the ball games they're in or whatever, you know. It's good. I love it. 
And Hannah prayed and said, this is a beautiful prayer. If you don't know this prayer, I'm going to close it in a minute here. But this, this is a, if you don't know this beautiful prayer, I'm just getting a couple verses out of it here. If you don't know it, you need to go read this. And Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices. Now, she's give up. Listen, ladies, she just gave up her child. She's going to see him once a year. She's not going to be able to FaceTime him. She's not going to be able to text him. She's not going to be able to Facebook him. She's not going to be able to email him. They don't have a post office. They don't have any. They're going to go walk to Shiloh once a year for this celebration. And that's when she's going to see her son. So that's what we're dealing with here. And this is what she says. She says, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. It rejoices, but she is going to fulfill the vow that she set out to fill. She's committed to God. She knows God is going to do wonderful things with Samuel. She hasn't a clue how it's going to happen. She hasn't an idea of what's going to happen. She just knows that she did exactly what God told her to do. She prayed in bitterness and anguish. God gave her a male child. She's going to fulfill her vow, and so she trusts God with it. And she prays, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn, in other words, my voice, my boldness, my horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies. Brooke said, talk about laughing a while ago, and that's what this is. You can laugh at your enemies. You can laugh at these things, but because you know God directs your life and your children's lives. Because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord. She knew something about God, didn't she? I mean, she really knew something about God. She knew to be devoted to God, and she knew to love God, and she knew to know the words of God, the truth of God. And because of those things, she could be devoted to her husband, her family, her home, her children, because of those things. Devotion to God forms us to what God wants us to be. He takes us from this crazy world and squeezes in, forms us to where God wants us to be. Because I rejoice in your salvation, no one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. Mamas, you want to read more about Hannah in, in these first couple chapters, go home and just read and pray over, how, over what God's doing in Hannah's life because these are instructions on how we are to be devoted like people like God has given us to look at. I wrote this the other morning. I was sitting by the river, and, and I'm going to close. Uh, Brooke, you guys come on up. I was sitting by the river. I go by the, over by the river somewhere, and a lot of times early in the mornings, I get my Bible out, my journal out, my lights on in the truck. And I was sitting there and I was praying about the sermon, meant to be. So I was asking the Lord to give me something to write, and I don't get to write a whole lot. And this is what he gave me. And it was dark out, and, and the rivers were up. Man, they were, rivers are up and running, aren't they? Wow. And it was, I could roll the window down, you could hear the river just kind of roaring. And I was thinking about my mom, boy, she could roar sometimes. Wow. She'd roar, I'd run. And it goes like this, if, if a river could explain a mother's heart. And I was looking at that river and I was 
thinking about my mom, and if a river could explain a mother's heart, her banks would overflow with her passion for the children's lives she, was, she has been blessed with. Now, I don't know about you, but my mom, she had passion for her family. I said she had a hard time saying she loved you once in a while, but she always knew it. You know, she'd take you out. We had five kids, and she'd take us out sometimes one-on-one, and boy, you, can't, you just can't miss those days, you know? I mean, you just can't pass those days up like they were nothing. They were something in my life. For a lot of us that don't have mothers anymore, and part of this kind of deals with that. So if a river could explain a mother's heart, her banks would overflow with her passion for the children's lives she has been blessed with. If the current of the river could explain a mother's focus, that current goes one way, it has a, a focus, and it is so powerful. Every obstacle, in other words, the rocks and the logs and, and the U-turns, and not the U-turns, but the forks and, the, and the, 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 the different directions the river will take, and they'll come to a dead end, you have to turn around and go back to the main part of that river. If the current of the river could explain the mother's focus, every obstacle that stands in the way of her family's faith would be swept away. Because the mom's devoted to the Lord. And she wants her children to have the faith that she knows that God wants them to have. And a devoted mom to God, her prayers are for her children. Amen? It's for a father, her husband, the children. If the ripples in the rivers could explain a mother's influence, if the ripples, those little beautiful ripples that come up over the rocks and look so pretty and, and sometimes the glimmer of that is just a beautiful thing, if the ripples in the rivers could explain a mother's influence, because those ripples have influence on that river, her life would set the pattern for the entire home. If the river's waterfall could explain a mother's love, that powerful love that we can't stop that waterfall from coming down. It, it cannot be stopped by us. It's, it comes down with such, such great power and energy. So if the river's waterfall could explain a mother's love, its great power would be unleashed to carve out depths of her children's character, preparing them for life. Because a mother that's devoted to those children and to God, isn't that what you're doing? You're preparing them for life. You're preparing them for the days to come, for the days that you know evil will step in and try to strip them and rape them out of you. Rake them out of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Read that again. If the waterfall's rainbow could explain a mother's devotion to the Lord, that's that waterfall's as it comes down and the sun's hitting it in these beautiful colors which is that promise of God that he'll never flood the earth again. If the waterfall's rainbow could explain a mother's devotion to her Lord, the beauty of her praise and prayer for her family and home would be glorious. Now my mom, she'd put it, we had this old stereo back in, we didn't know they'd have the stereos like we have today, it was just a big wooden box and there'd be a record on top. Becky, you know what I'm talking about. These girls here, they ain't got a clue. You never used one. You know what it is. Okay, it's the antique thing now. But my mom would put those records on there. She was never a wonderful singer, but she tried. Now my sisters, they thought she, they thought they, they thought they had the vocals, but they didn't. 
But they, you know, they would give it all they had. You know what I mean? And those songs would come on there and, and then albums or whatever and they'd flop down on there and that needle would go over and hit it and next thing you know, the most beautiful music come out. Because we didn't know about stereo and all the other stuff at that time. But boy, it was pretty. And I'd sit there and listen to my mom sing. So if the waterfall's rainbow could explain a mother's devotion to her Lord, the beauty of her praise, and the prayer for her family and home would be glorious. If the pool at the bottom could explain a mother's depths, that pool at the bottom, that waterfalls is just blue and beautiful and clear. The cool still waters would give her family peace as they gathered around her. You know, as you gather around that, today we'll be at our house, the kids are coming over and, and we'll be cooking out and everybody will be gathered around the table focused upon not just mom, but our, all our lives and what those lives meant. I don't get together with my brothers and sisters very often. We're scattered out all over the place. And, but once in a while, we'll get together. And the memories you have of your mom. Mom, you're making memories. You're making memories. Dad, you're making memories. I mean, whether you're, 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 you're trying to discipline your child or you're trying to love up on that child. And to me, both, that's both. Discipline is a powerful love. You're making memories. If the waters, and this is for, the, for us that have lost our moms, if the waters are her lifeblood, I mean, the, the, without that water and that river, it, it, it ceased to exist anymore. So if the waters are her lifeblood, they are never ending like the river. That river will just continue to go. And as our mothers, they may have passed away, but as I wrote this, it says, all that she is and was will flow from child to child through precious memories and her life's efforts. My mom's been gone for several years now, but her memories aren't. And one of the reasons I'm before you today is because of my mom. I was seven days old when I went to the first church. She raised me in church. It wasn't her fault that I stepped away. It was mine. And I don't try to blame her for it. I had a good mom. And she made wonderful memories. Her devotion to God, her sacrifices, the self-sacrificing, and the decisions she made and the actions she took will live on through her children through me and through you my mom may be gone but she lives on and one day because she was devoted to Christ eternity waits not just for my mom but for me and her I don't know what's gonna be like in heaven with your mother and things like that. But boy, huh. her devotion to God, her sacrifices, her decisions and actions will live on through her children until they become who they are meant to be. Amen.
Lord, as we come before you, Lord, and we open up these tables, Father, I ask you to put a, just a, a double blessing on mothers today. Those that are self-sacrificing, those that are devoted to you, those that are devoted to their husbands, those that are devoted to their children through all the issues in their lives. I ask you to strengthen the mothers to build character in their children. That they would trust you no matter what this world looks like. That they would trust you with their children. I thank you for your love. And Father, I can't wait to ask you what I was like in heaven before you put me in my mom's womb. I just, it blows me away to think that you knew me before you planted me. Lord, would you bless this day? And it's in Jesus' name, my Lord and Savior. Amen. Stand, please. If you belong to Jesus Christ, maybe some others just need to rededicate your lives, redevote your life. Maybe you've got off-centered somewhere. I don't know. Maybe you're doing all the things wonderful. But you can never pray enough for your kids. So if you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at the tables. Come enjoy the Lord today. If your mom's here and you're going to visit her today, bless her today. Thank her for who she is in your life, no matter what that life may have looked like. And if you need to help reinforce your mom because she doesn't know God, maybe like you, then encourage your mother. Encourage her. She needs you. And God has given you that task to encourage your mom to be who she can be in Christ. Forgive her. Don't hold grudges. Don't let that, that bog you down. I don't care what happened 45 years ago. Let it go. Give your mother over to the Lord. And you'll be blessed for it. Come, enjoy the Lord today.